When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So you want to be a rock and roll star? No? Well, how about a podcast star? Well, as it turns out, there's a new all-in-one platform just for you. It's called Anchor, and it's the easiest way to make a podcast. And check this out. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And then Anchor will distribute the podcast for you. So it can be heard on Spotify and Apple Podcast and, you know, everywhere else in, uh, in podcast land. And what's even better, you can actually make money from your podcast. Go figure. Uh, no minimum listenership on that. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go ahead, download the free Anchor app right now or go to anchor.fm to get started. So what are you waiting for? Podcast stardom is within your reach. I'm Leo Phillips, host of This Must Be The Gig. We're a weekly podcast that documents everything about the world of live music. Speaking with choreographers, costume and set designers, the people who run beloved venues and festivals, and, of course, speaking with musicians about that one gig that changed their lives. Get your peek behind the curtain at consequenceofsound.net, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Consequence Podcast Network. Welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with... It's an audio interview series presented by WFPK Independent Louisville at WFPK.org, Consequence of Sound, and the Consequence Podcast Network. If you're not already a subscriber to the series, hey, before we get started, hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening from right now. And again, maybe that's the podcasts that you can get at iTunes and Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your favorite podcasts from. Also, you can uh, subscribe at YouTube and at Spotify. And while you're just following things, uh, hit me up over at Twitter, at Kyle Meredith, Facebook slash Kyle Meredith. I'm at both of those. I'm Kyle Meredith. Today, my guest is Chris Difford from the band Squeeze. They are about to embark on what's going to be called the Songbook Tour. It kind of syncs up with their 45th anniversary. And Chris and I are going to uh, talk about what to expect from this upcoming tour, as well as what he's been up to lately in and out of the band. Last year, he put out a solo record called Pants, which has uh, recently become one of my favorite records. And there's also a tribute covers record. And so far, we've heard from folks like Erica Badu and Questlove and Robert Glasper. So we'll kind of get the story on uh, on those singles and, and the other covers that are yet unreleased. 
least that could lead to a full-length album. We'll also turn those clocks back to 1979. It's a big round number. And that's when Squeeze released Cool for Cats, their second record. We'll get the story about how it was a bit of a correction from their first record, uh, a band that sort of did things backwards in comparison to how other bands do it. We'll also talk a bit about the huge breakthrough single that came off of that record, Up the Junction, and what plans the band has from here on out. They're one of my all-time favorites. It's Kyle Meredith with Squeeze. Hey, how are you doing? Let's start at the uh, at the present, I guess, work our way back backwards here. Um, I'll, I'll say first, uh, Squeeze is going to be right here in Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, Saturday, September 21st, you guys are going to be a part of the uh, Bourbon and Beyond Festival, which is just part of a big, massive year for you, right? It's a, it is a massive year. Um, we're heading out on tour in America for what seems like six weeks, I think. And it's one of the first times we've played a festival in America when we get to Louisville, so I'm really looking forward to seeing how festivals are uh, organized in America. Yeah. Well, you know, at the end of the day, there's a, there's a stage and there's a bunch of uh, somewhat dirty people, uh, whether they came in clean or not, uh, standing and yeah, clapping yeah. after every song. So, you know, there's, there's at least some level yeah. to, to all, of the, all of the festivals. There's similarities, I guess, to everything, yeah. Yeah. Now, this is also called the, the Songbook Tour. It, it, it kind of goes mm. with Squeeze's 45th anniversary. Calling it the Songbook Tour, does that separate it from how you all have done sets in the past? I don't know. I mean, I think normally we're promoting an album when we come out on tour, but this time we're not promoting a record. We're merely coming out as a band and um, being very proud of our back catalogue. I think 46 years together as songwriters is a long time and we've got hundreds of songs and, of course, 14 plus albums to preserve and to love. So what we're going to be doing, I guess, is we're going to just be sort of showing off our wares. <laughs> I guess that's what we're going to do. Now, you're going to also include some solo stuff in this? I read in the press release? No, I mean, that hasn't that hasn't raised its its voice. I mean, I'm happy to do solo stuff, but I think it's because it's a different Tilbrook songbook. I think that's what it should be. I, I, I'll only say, as a fan, I, I was hopeful that we would. But you, you put out uh, you put out the Pants record last year, which I, I think I missed when it came out, but I have not stopped listening to in the past few weeks. And I, and I want to give you compliments on that. It is such uh-huh. a great fun record. It is a good fun record, and it came um, really out of the blue. Uh, the whole process of making it was we recorded 10 songs and it became 12 and then it became 23 and after that I had to stop and say what is this and then when I looked at it it, it told a story which I then wrote down but I haven't released it yet. Oh so is this your story? I mean I know you've written your book but is is this a story of, because you know when when I listen to it there's obviously it, it sounds like it could parallel any musician's life but I had wondered if it came from your own. Well bits of my own but but more more than that, it's about a character who lives on his own. He's in his, he's having a midlife crisis, and um, it's about his journey back to finding a relationship. And then when he finds that relationship, it's about owning his past and revealing sec- secrets. And um, yeah, it's it, it could be a stage play at some point, but um, I just still haven't found the time to put it down. So what? Where where did that idea? come from for you then i mean how how did you find yourself directed in that uh in that direction 
I was that at one point in my life, so I kind of know that that loneliness and that secrecy extremely well. And it took a while to find a relationship, but once you, you know, once I did, it was fine. You know, but there was a lot of um, a lot of sort of um, just being in no man's land for a while. It was it was an odd place. But then I realised it's just like a midlife crisis. It's when it happens to most men, I think, or a lot of a lot of men anyway. Musically, you know, I'd like to bring up that too because you dip into quite a few different styles in that. And and were you going for anything specific? How how did that happen? Because there's a lot of um, I don't even know the genres. I mean, you, you get a lot of uh, you know Latin flair in some areas, and the ukulele tunes definitely yeah. draw a lot of imagery as well. Yeah, um, well, that's largely down to Boo Hewardine. He's the chap that I wrote the songs with, and. He, you know, he has the freedom to to write whatever style he feels is is appropriate for the uh, lyric. And I think he he did an incredible job, and he produced it too. And um, I'm very fortunate to to be able to have two great songwriting relationships going at the same time, one with Glenn and one with Boo. That's a, a very lucky right there. And and an easy way to seg back into what we were talking about before <laughs> with, with yeah. Glenn, especially. Before I go further back into the past, too, uh, Record Store Day had some interesting releases because there you are with Tempted and Take Me, I'm Yours, but these were done with some of my favorite artists of all time, Erica Badu, you had Questlove, Robert Glasper, James Poyser. What's the story on this? Well, the story is is the whole album of Squeeze covers, which we can't release for some reason. I think it's a legal reason, but... What we're trying to do is just release one single at a time. The Erica Badu version of Tempted is probably the strongest song on the album. It just blew me away when I first heard it. But there's a Todd Rudgren cover of a song called Bang Bang, which is also brilliant. And Elvis Costello sings uh, Someone Else's Heart. So, yeah, I mean, there's lots of different covers that um, hopefully we'll be able to drop one by uh, one. Oh, man. <laughs> and here I thought I was only getting an A-side and a B-side out of this, too. <laughs> I, I mean, I think a lot of artists take that moment to do some reevaluation over the years, especially when you can draw in a crew like this. But but what prompted this one? Mm-hmm. I mean, was just was just checking off that box on the list? Had nothing to do with Glenn or myself. It was to do with a friend of ours who uh, lives in New York, and um, he just did it in his spare time. He didn't even give us a whisper that he was doing it and um when he dropped it on us we, we our eyes and ears fell off our heads because we couldn't believe how powerful the record is but the problem was he didn't get anybody to sign a contract <laughs> so no record label will allow us to put it out so we so we've gradually been, been getting each track um ticked off as we go um, and the most recent one tempted i think is uh, hugely powerful it's, it it kind of goes along with this um i don't know does it feel like it's the 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 attention is coming back a little stronger i i mean i know for any artist in any band you know who who has a career over decades that pendulum swings back and forth but it definitely seems like the spotlight is is a bit brighter right now on squeeze it's difficult for me to observe that really um i i was very taken by the fact that our uk tour uh that is also this year when we put it on sale um 
I found it very extraordinary that it kind of almost sold out without uh, anybody in the band saying a word about it. So that was an incredible gift, I think. And now the American tour, Six Weeks of America, is gradually beginning to sell. And um, I'm just very grateful, I guess, for uh, the sort of canon of songs that Glenn and I have written over the years that have provided this place. Especially, you know, you get a lot of artists who who have uh, cited you all as influenced, and that list is very, very long. And, and a lot of those maybe aren't surprising when you hear their own music. But you know, going back to these these first covers that we hear here, you know, that's that's when I start eyebrows raised and everything because it seems like, you know, in the uh, in the R and B community, in the urban community, that uh, you you've left your stamp there as well. And I, I don't know, does that part feel surprising to you as it does to me? I'm just very grateful for for people chipping in and liking Squeeze. Um, there was a long, long period, a very long period, when it seemed nobody would cover any of Squeeze's songs, and it kind of uh, was interesting to me that, for some reason, I thought we'd written lots of coverable songs. But I've t- spoken to some people, and they say, well, actually, it just you know, it's difficult to cover a Squeeze song because they sound like Squeeze, um, and that's a really good point. Um, so when this record was was first written, uh, I was very taken by the by the fact that um, that it, it sort of it, it came out the way that it did. Well, I only hit the time machine for a second because uh, this year also marks forty for uh, Cool for Cats, uh, one of the greatest albums of all time, as far as I'm concerned. Turning mm. forty years old this year, some call this uh, your, your true debut, as if your route was kind of backwards. Uh, <laughs> because it, <laughs> is that how you see it? And 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 we can kind of retell that story a little bit uh, for anyone who doesn't know. But uh, but you you all didn't do your first and second records in the way that a lot of bands would have done them. Well, the first record was produced by John Cale, and we didn't really have very much sort of studio experience, and it kind of just ran away from us, I guess, the first record. Um, but then when we went in to do our second and third, which was Call for Cats and Archie Bargy, uh, Glenn in particular, and John Wood, who was the engineer on those records, did a fine job of um, bringing it back to what Squeeze really meant and what squeeze means today actually so yeah i mean and that story is so interesting too because you know as we know now john kale you go into the studio and he says no none of the stuff that you've been building up to let's write all new songs immediately you know in on on your first record which again is something you would do further down the line so so going Mm -hmm. into cool for cats does that material is that some of the stuff that had existed before that hadn't no but there were some songs that that sort of moved forward and I think, um, you know, John was extraordinary to work with, a very colourful person at the, at, the, at the time and very inspirational looking looking back on it. But there was, uh, there was a sort of um, collection of songs that never got to hear the light of day. In fact, there's still quite a few that have not got the light of day yet. So, um, you know, we're just very, very, very lucky to have had the opportunity to go in with John Wood and, and record those two albums. Do you still have that desire for those songs to, to hear that light of day? Do, do they sound too young for you at this point? Or, you know, the the, uh, the giving them the, the, the first life, I guess? To be honest, I think a lot of them sound just as good as they did for the first day we wrote them. Maybe a little naive in some ways, but naivety is good, and I wouldn't change naivety for the world. I think it's a, it's a real, it's a spice that um, every songwriter has to preserve, really. I guess that goes along with, um, maybe it's age too. There's quite a bit of sex on Cool for Cats, in one way or the other. You know, I, I hear those could, songs and I sing, that. Yeah, I, I sing along to them without even thinking about it most of the time, because I've been listening to it for so long, but going back and putting the 
you know, the magnifying glass back on his songs, and it's uh, there's some pretty good chuckles around there. Is <laughs> not just sex. Yeah. We're talking masturbation and everything else. I mean, that's is that just that's age playing its down. yeah playing its parts? Yeah, we were young, and um, lyrically, I think I was probably a little bit all over the place. But it doesn't matter because naivety, as I said, is a really good uh, quality. And I'll bring up up the junction because I feel like I must, in the sense that here is one of Squeeze's biggest songs, and and it has no chorus. An yeah. impossible song, right? Well, it is, but you know, I I, I kind of um, I never really think about it other than it being a great song, and um, I'm very proud of it. Out of most of the songs that Squeeze has written, I think this is one that still stands up up in uh, over a time. It's quite an incredible um, journey that, that 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 song has. It's still it's still loved and still looked after. Was it obvious to you when it was becoming a hit? Were were you able to see that when it was happening? No, I have no idea of how those things happen. And in fact, I'm, I'm very grateful that I don't. I don't. I, I can never tell you when a record's going to be in the charts. I mean, I listened to Taylor Swift's record today, and. Um, uh, her, her new single, and I instantly knew it would be in the charts. But, <laughs> but, um, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't really know about ours. This was also around the time that uh, they started using the the Lennon McCartney compliments. I, I guess I would say uh, towards Squeeze. How did that set with you and Glenn having that comparison dropped on you so early? Uh, well, I was very grateful for it. To be honest, um, I thought it was a really light, nice touch. Uh, it was a journalist in the Rolling Stone magazine who said that. You know, I, I don't I don't know where the similarities are apart from it's two people writing songs. You know, what can I say? And you all, you know, had, as far as I read anyway, had grown up, uh, you know, fans of the Beatles as everyone seems to be in everything, so... What's not to like about the Beatles, you know? Although I haven't heard of their music for such a long time, I've almost forgotten what it's like, but... It's interesting because, you know, if you were influenced by those 60s pop sounds, you wipe away the new wave era of of, of that moment of the late 70s and, and whatever that was. And, and you still I mean, you still get that. Like when I listen to the knowledge, you know, just wiping away the area, you know, I can still hear those influences in, in a really in a really fun way, I guess, you know. Yeah, I can too. I understand what you're saying. There's definitely a, um, a Beatle-ish link uh, in Glenn's melodic structure and possibly in the storytelling that I that I'm involved in. So yeah, I can understand why 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 the comparison is is made. And and speaking of the knowledge, I mean there it is. It's you know, it's only two years old at this point, but are, are Squeeze working on the next steps? Do you guys see where this happens after the tour? No, we have no plans to make another record. Uh, we have not discussed writing or doing anything other than just doing this tour. You know, the music industry's changed so much over the, the most recent years, and I don't really feel, and I think Glenn probably feels the same, a necessity to record an album just because that's what we have done. So unless we've got some great songs, there's, there's, there's no reason to be anything other than who we are. Well, I can say this. Uh, I, I did love the knowledge. I really, really did. And, and we loved it here at WFPK Thank Global, you. too. And I really love pants. You. So, you know, I'm going to be greedy. <laughs> uh, you know, I am. I'm going to be greedy and say I think there is a great reason for you guys to record new music because when you do it, 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 you know, it makes my life better. Oh, good. Thanks so much. That's really kind of you. Anytime, Chris. It's definitely been an honor and a pleasure talking to you. And again, I'll mention Thank Squeeze you. in Town, Bourbon and Beyond Festival, Saturday, September 21st. Uh, we'll, we'll be so grateful to have you here. No, looking forward to it. God bless. All right, you too. Take care. 
Hi. All right. My thanks to Chris Difford of Squeeze, the songbook tour launching this summer and their most recent record, uh, worth pointing out, The Knowledge, and Chris's most recent uh, solo album called Pants. Now, for you Squeeze fans, I'll throw in a couple of uh, older interviews. In fact, Chris and I had talked about their 2017 record, The Knowledge, which was the last time I talked to the band. In fact, I had uh, caught up with Glenn Tilbrook just after that record's release, talking about the creative mode that they were in at the time, incorporating a few new twists and turns to their sounds, lineup changes in the band, and mortality. Part two, Kyle Meredith with Squeeze. Hello, is that Kyle? Yeah, this is Kyle. How are you? I'm good. This is Glenn. Pleasure to talk to you. Really an honor. Oh, thank you. Loving this record, The Knowledge. It's so great to have you guys back. And I know the last record was sort of looked at as that, like, the comeback record or whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So this, to me, this is like, okay, this is real. It wasn't just that one-off thing. And I was wondering, for you, does it feel like, okay, now that's that, we, we can stop talking about that part. This is back to business officially. Yeah, it very much feels like that. You know, um, when we got the band back together, um, let me see, 10 years ago now, I was still touring with the Fluffers. In fact, uh, we played in town. It's one of my memories is playing in, in uh, Louisville mm-hmm. with the Fluffers. Um, and, and, you know, indeed, we sort of integrated the Fluffers into Squeeze. And, um, you know, this band feels like it has a connection to the past, but really it's it's all about what we can do now. You know, we can do things that Squeeze has never been able to do before. And it feels really exciting and like we're going in different directions. And I'm enjoying that. And that's always a tricky thing. I mean, on one hand, you've sort of got, you know, well, I guess you could have done it at any time. And, and God knows that you guys have tried plenty of different sounds over the years. But now that you've sort of said, okay, this is chapter two, it's sort of almost like a restart. It kind of gives you the freedom to do, to, to stretch out. I mean, you're not so beholden to the old sounds, are you? No, I don't, I don't think so. I think that, uh, you know, we approached this record with a completely blank slate and we had, you know, a, a couple of lineup changes in the band too. And that also sent us off in a different direction. The only thing that I knew that I wanted to do was to cut the record as live as possible. So, you know, there's very few overdubs on the record, the, the horns and some backing vocals. You know, and a few of the vocals I redid, and some I left from live vocals because there's sort of great sense of urgency about it, I think. It's really fun to listen to it, and there are several, like, uh, left-field moments that comes out. Like, when Rough Ride started, you know, I think I was on the other side of the room doing whatever, and suddenly I stopped and I thought, wait, what just happened? What did we do? <laughs> Fantastic. Oh, that's great. That's exactly the sort of reaction I like. <laughs> yeah, where, where did that come from? Where, where does that concept and, and all of that part of the conversation come from on a song like that? Say, on Rough Ride, we, we had worked with the, um, the choir. They were, uh, they were on a reality TV show. They're all doctors and nurses, and they work, you know, they work in, the, in the hospitals. And they actually have such a great sound. They wanted to do something original with them and then Cara who is the opera singer she's uh, the mum to one of my 14 um, year old son's friends so I met her that way but I heard her sing and thought what an amazing voice she has and just I'd like to use that energy to propel the song into a different place you know and it, it all came together really you know it worked everything worked on it so that was really lovely I, I gotta tell you it took me two listens to get it though like I said that first time is one of those like okay all right, this is different. This is new. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, it's fun. <laughs> and 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 while we're on the subject of songs, you know, like Albatross was another moment where I sort of just stopped and 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 really enjoyed you know the change of pace or, or something like that. I'm I'm glad you like that because uh, that um, Albatross and Please Be Outstanding were the two songs we recorded right at the end of the album. I mean, we knew we needed a couple of other things, and, you know. Things haven't worked. So yeah, a song like Albatross, it's it's nicer than light, but it's got a certain sort of dynamic and energy to it that that works really well. It's funny how many stories through the uh, years of rock and roll history have been. Oh, and that was one of the last songs that we recorded because of something similar like that, and it ends up usually in so many situations being one of the more interesting songs for whatever yeah. reason. Yeah, I don't know why that is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you just feel freer when you know you know the end. I've heard you talk a little bit about Innocence in Paradise, and I, I think the quote that I, I pulled down here is a psychedelic take on mortality. Is that right? Yes. Yes, that's exactly it. Um, you know, that's, that, that song musically had a bit of a strange um, birth in that, uh, you know, I wrote a song with lots more chords in it, and we ended up stripping away almost all of them. So, it's very, so it became very basic. And in doing, in doing so, I gained a, a power that it didn't have before. Um, uh, you know, the subject matter is, you know, I'm 60 now, so that was a big one. And uh, you think, wow, how did that happen? You know, that's interesting because it's been one of the uh, the favorite subjects of musicians for for a long time, and, and, and sort of regardless of your age, but I'm sure, you know, the age you're at depends on what angle you come at it from. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think one of the things about doing this job is that there's a part of you that will always remain, you know, almost childlike, you know, with the the enthusiasm for what we do. You know, I've never lost that, and I'm grateful to have that. Uh, But, you know, you notice that some things don't work as well as they used to. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, that's something else to think about. Yeah, I mean, touring in itself changes uh, the game entirely the, the older you get, you know. Yeah, um, but you know what? You know this this tour that we're on now, both here and in the UK. The shows have been going so well. I can see the audience has come right along with us, and it's like we're we're getting some of the best reactions we've ever had. We're having some of the best shows we've ever had. You know, it's, it's such a fantastic place to be. Well, uh, we we love watching you out there and kind of keeping up with this. Like I said, I, I'm just so grateful that you guys have decided to do this. And, you know, especially after so long, I mean, there there are lots of, you know, your peers and contemporaries who have hung it up in, in various ways, but you still find that creative thread, you, you know, within the band. And, and obviously with, with Chris, I mean, I don't know how long you guys have been writing together at this point. You know, it's over 40 years, right? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, we met. I mean, our relationship has lasted 45 years. I can't believe that. <laughs> Longer than most marriages, as they say. Yeah, well, I think we've had the same amount of bust-ups as some marriages as well. <laughs> <laughs> More bust-ups than uh, Liv Taylor and uh, Richard Burton, I think. <laughs> <laughs> like, has has the way you guys write together, has that changed over the years? Is it different now than it used to be, or is it still sort of the same? I think um, it has changed slightly, you know, because in the period of time that, uh, that Chris and I split up, I started writing lyrics, and that sort of, you know, Chris is predominantly the, the, the lyricist. But, you know, I have, I have uh, input now on that front, and musically, yeah, it's pretty much the same as it always was. And we, and we still do that thing of working separately like he'll give me lyrics and i'll do a tune uh, but you know on a couple of them i, I had the uh, 
initial idea for the lyrics. And then, you know, with member changes as they come and go throughout the years, like, I'd sort of wonder if that changes the way you feel about it as a band. Like, you know, when you're young, it's sort of you're a gang and, you know, it's us against the world or whatever. But in the sense that you sort of have people come and go, does it still feel like that to you? Is it still a band as a band would you would think uh, of? Yeah, abso- absolutely. It's, it's uh, you know, one thing I know about the various different lineups of Squeeze is that there's, there's no lineup of Squeeze that could sound like this without everyone playing a really important part in the band. So, you know, we've never had percussionists before. We've never had a bass player like Yolanda before. You know, she she brings such a lot to the table and vocally they bring such a lot to the table. It's, you know, and I'm really keen to let each, whatever line of the band it is, to let everyone have their say, you know, and, you know, have their room to play. I think that's how it works. I love hearing what Yolanda's doing out there. I've been watching uh, some of the live fan videos and everything, and it's it's really cool. It really is. Oh, she is just amazing. You know, the whole band, you know, she's, she's fucked everyone's uh, you know, musicianship a lot, I think. Well, uh, again, uh, this, this record I'm obviously a fan of and everything that you guys done. It's really a pleasure to talk to you today, and uh, hopefully I'll be able to catch one of these shows out on the tour, too. Yeah, you know, I really hope we come, come back to Louisville because I loved it. I lo- absolutely loved it, man. You're always welcome. <laughs> cool. Thank you very much, Carl. Really enjoyed it. All right. Take care. Thanks. Bye. All right. Bye, Glenn. That's a 2017 interview with uh, Glenn Tilbrook talking about the Squeeze record, The Knowledge. Now, part three, this one kind of colors outside of the lines a little bit. It was also in 2017 that I talked to Paul Carrick. Paul's done lead vocals on uh, plenty of Squeeze songs. In fact, uh, one of their biggest hits, especially here in the United States, Tempted. It's Paul Carrick doing the lead vocals of that. So being in the Squeeze family, I thought, well, that counts. So this 2017 interview talked about his uh, record that came out that year called Soul Shadows. We also talk about his time on the road with Eric Clapton and getting all of his gear stolen. It's part three of today's Squeeze special. This is Kyle Meredith with Paul Carrick. So Paul Carrick here, the new record Soul Shadows, uh, maybe the finest record that you've ever put out. Ooh. Uh, well, I like to think so. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm quite pleased with it. I, you know, I think... Uh, I made quite a lot of albums recently, <laughs> probably about one a year yeah. over the last 10, 15 years or so. And uh, I have a, you know, quite a good little uh, cottage industry going over here in the UK and only do what I do. I'm not really trying to reinvent the wheel or anything like that. I'm just uh, trying to follow my own musical instincts and um, trying to have some fun and enjoy my music can enjoy life yeah so with this record so you know i do want to talk about soul shadows and we're talking kind of a little bit about everything i suppose today but uh you know backing up before this record happens you're talking about that you're a part of so many projects and and putting out records every single year whether it's i'm sure yours or something you're a part of uh before this record came about you had been working with eric clapton right um yes that's right over the last um sort of three years yeah uh uh, it's been pretty hectic um, because, as I say, I have quite a thriving uh, situation going myself with, you know, putting out my own records mm-hmm. and a lot of touring, a lot, lot of touring around the UK and Europe. And also, um, you know, I think it was about three years ago now, got invited by Eric to, um, excuse me, mm-hmm. to uh, go out on the, on the road with him. And uh, I've been all over the world with him in the last uh, 
three years. Um, we started off in the States, and so it's been pretty hectic, but it, that's been a fantastic uh, experience to be involved with, with him and all the wonderful musicians that he worked with. Were you able to pick up anything from that gig that maybe you hadn't before? I mean, he's got such a unique style and, of course, his own amazing history in itself. I'm sure, absolutely sure, that uh, it has brought something. It, it's helped me um, enormously in terms of, you know, uh, self-esteem to uh, to be able to uh, feel comfortable in that uh, situation. As I say, with world-class musicians like Steve Gadd and uh, and uh, Steve Jordan, Willie Weeks, Nathan East, all these incredible people, and Eric himself, of course, mm-hmm. and to feel that you know you belong in that neck of the woods is is, is a good uh, good thing. Yeah. Of course, Eric's a fabulous um, musician. He's a very committed musician. Uh, a lot, uh, you know, a lot of uh, musical integrity. So I, I think, as I say, it's quite hard to quantify, but I'm, I've definitely picked something up. <laughs> <laughs> well, whatever it was, maybe uh, if any of that made it into Soul Shadows, I'm so grateful because, like I said, this uh, this record is really, really fantastic. I had, I'd read that you sort of write all at once when it comes time to do an album. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, it is. Well, it's kind of true. I mean, um, I don't write a lot. Um, I'm a bit lazy, you know, it's it's hard work writing songs. Well, it is and it isn't, but um, as I say, I don't write a a lot of the time. I put down, I've got into the habit now of putting down little ideas uh, just on my phone, you know, just to um, have a few starting points, you know. But generally speaking, I, uh, when it's, time to make an album yeah i do it pretty much all in one go and uh because what i do is pretty simple anyway you know and uh, as i say i'm not reinventing the wheel so it's it's all kind of borderline cliche anyway so i think it's important to keep it fresh you know not try to force the issue because i, I find that if i just you know let it come out but apply myself and as i say develop some uh, of the little ideas i have um, then that that seems to work. Yeah, I, I know with writing songs like all at once in, in you know any kind of manner, it seems like there would be a little bit of a danger in you know the same sounds or the same themes kind <laughs> of creeping up over and over. And I, I don't know if you've had to deal with that or not. Well, you spotted it, have you? <laughs> um, a theme wouldn't be bad actually, but um, I think on Soul Shadows, it's it's quite varied actually mm-hmm. in. Um, Stylistically, I mean, it's not like we set out to try and make a, you know, a, a pastiche record or anything like that. These, these are just a kind of, um, it's the music that I grew up listening to and have always loved, and it's, it rubs off on you. I mean, I'm an English guy, but I've always loved American music, and um, that's where I naturally go. I think it's, you know, there's subconsciously a theme because, you know, you're in a certain place at that time. But it's not a concept album by any stretch of the imagination. You know, I uh, I don't have those kind of concepts. You know, I just, uh, I'm strictly a two verses, uh, a chorus and a middle bit kind of guy, you know. <laughs> I mean, you've got a line on there. There's a line on the record that says, I like the same old, same old. 
which uh, is is well, am- yeah, is amazing. I love that line. I mean, a lot of artists would would try to hide the fact, but you, you're you're wearing it on your sleeve. Like this is me. This is who I am. Well, a, a lot of times, what happens is a lot of these uh, songs they just come from little jam sessions. I mean, um, uh, I have a, a nice little home studio, and um, my son plays drums, and um, a, a lot of the the tunes kind of evolve from little jams that we had and a lot of the time i'll just sing some nonsense off the top of my head and then i have to kind of make sense out of it (laughs) and for some reason i was singing i like the same old stuff you know and i thought well yeah i could make a song out of that yeah (laughs) there's so many good songs on here you know starting off with keep on loving you i really do think like if there's another greatest hits that's going to come out at some point that's that's got to be on it but you know i don't think that those kind of hits now you i don't even know if you can call them hits because (laughs) They don't seem to sustain uh, as they did in the old days. I mean, people, when I do my show, it, it's a mixture of stuff from my whole career and, um, and, and new stuff. Mm-hmm. But, of course, they still want to hear how long. Sure. They still want to, you know, they still want to hear um, uh, things like living years and, and all that, so attempted things like that, So, uh, which is great. And those songs, you know, have always endured, but I don't know how... Apart from, you know, my hardcore sort of fans, how the uh, general public perceive those songs, even though they get a lot of play on radio. I, I have found, though, that, the, you know, <laughs> the, the Internet, um, you know, and, and streaming and everything else, it's kind of taken the place of what the music video did for a lot of people. So you can kind of find that these songs take on the, their own lives, you know. Yeah, I mean that's that's how I found the singles this time around was you know, I, I believe through one of those services probably Spotify or something like that you know that's that's how I ran across it and suddenly here we are in the middle of Kentucky you know yeah. in, in Louisville playing your new record you know it's well we we only just put a new record on Spotify in in the it, we didn't do it in in the UK for you know fairly obvious reasons because mm-hmm. we want people to buy the CD right right. Uh, and it, you know they do, but of course it's it's quite a good tool for, as you say, for kind of promoting yourself and getting out there. Yeah. I mean, there was one track on the last album I did. I had a couple of million streams. Oh yeah, that was you know, uh, what was that? Uh, one one in time. a million. One in a million. That's it. Yeah. 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 Which was uh, quite, you know, for me, I thought that was unbelievable. But um, you know, we could go into the Spotify debate, but I'm sure you. You know, you, you've probably done that a million times. I mean, I'm I quite like it because you know I can listen to a lot of old stuff that you know you, it's instantly accessible. But they've got to come to some arrangement with the uh, with the artists, I think, because as you know, the artists don't get very much for it. But anyway, we get the exposure, I suppose. Yeah, now, I, and that seems to be the consensus with most artists I talk to. Is like they're all fans of it as music fans. You know, yeah. as we all are, because why wouldn't yeah. you? Why wouldn't you be as, when you're a music fan? Why wouldn't you be a fan of it? Yeah. Because suddenly, you know, the entire world is at your fingertips. But when you're trying to make you know a living at it, it does yeah. become a different a different subject. Well, yeah, but you know, it seems to be that um, playing live really is the is the real bread and butter on our kind of uh, uh, level, and, and 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 I don't think that's too bad a thing. I'm I'm, I'm very encouraged by the fact that that live music is so popular. Yeah. You know, keep people uh, going. They can be bothered to go to shows. It's fantastic. You know. You just played Glastonbury too, right? 
Yeah, I did actually. Yeah. How how was that for you? It was fantastic. We had a really great response. I mean, we weren't on the main stage. Mm-hmm. We were on the uh, it's it's called the acoustic stage, but you know, generally speaking, you have like an acoustic artist and then a band, and then you, so I, I did it with my full band. And there's still, you know, six, seven thousand people in the tent, and uh, we had an amazing response, and we really had a great night because we played great and we went down very well. Yeah. Um, funnily enough, la- I did it last year in the acoustic tent, acoustically with uh, myself, Nick Lowe, and Andy Fair with a Lowe. We did it just the three of us oh, wow. uh, with three three guitars, and uh, and that went down as. That went down great. That was real fun. And we, we're actually doing a couple more festivals uh, this summer. Oh man, I would love I would love to see that uh, that show right there. That's a that's an well, amazing lineup. It came about. I I did a, a show with my band in the uh, London Palladium last year, and I thought, well, just to make it a little interesting, I called up Nick and Andy, and um, we did a little four song slot in the middle just acoustically and you know everybody just loved it and uh, so we've done a few recordings as well actually but um it was such great fun and we had such a laugh doing it it was really <laughs> it was great you, you're talking about those festivals that you know i i've never been to glastonbury or any of the uk festivals but it, it, it... Is it anything because you know over here the festivals are always who's the brand new artist you know or who's you know the right. top forty artist or whatever it is on the pop charts or what and then you have I don't know what you would call heritage artists or whatever that one or two pop on the bill but it would always seem to me that would be a little bit intimidating like suddenly like on one hand you come in with all of this history that you can just stand on and be like, yeah, to hell with all you guys. <laughs> you know, but on the other hand, you know that a lot of these kids that are coming in are kids, you know, and, and maybe you've yeah. got to prove yourself to them as well. Yeah, well, I, as I say, we were we were not on the main stage. I mean, the, the main attractions, I think, this year were like Coldplay and uh, Adele. Yeah. And um, on our stage, I mean, Art Garfunkel followed us. You know, it's talking about some heritage there. I mean, we had everybody singing along with our choruses, you know, How Long and Over My Shoulder and things like that. He had the audience singing the whole, whole damn song, you know, <laughs> versus everything. It was, quite, it was quite good, actually, I must say. But um, so I'm not a major fan of doing the festivals for that, you know, the, the reason you cited before, because I guess there's a little bit of competition and you, you want to do well and, you're playing to uh, a very varied crowd. But I think on the whole, the crowd at Glastonbury is pretty supportive yeah. to most things, actually. You know, you bring up all those old songs and everything, and, and having such a legendary track record, uh, you know, with your own songs, but of course with a lot of other bands as well. I mean, is it ever a challenge to show that, you know, here I am on my own feet, I've got my own so- successful solo career? You know, especially when some guy in the, in the crowd is yelling for Tempted? Well, generally speaking, I think because, as I say, I've, I've done so much uh, legwork playing all the the gigs up and down. Because when I, you know, going back probably 10, 20 years ago, which is not a long time, but in my long career, it's a blink of an eye. Um, you know, when even when we, though I've been responsible for singing quite a few big old hits, I kind of, starting out as Paul Carrick, it, you know, I've really had to get out there and, 
and uh, and do it just by hard work, you know, constantly touring, and so people finally get the plot. Oh, he sang that. <laughs> okay. Oh, I never knew that. I thought that was somebody. Yeah. So, but you know, I've got a nice kind of following now, and and a lot of people are into the new stuff. So, I understand people want to hear the old songs, but the people who are coming to see us year after year, they want to hear new stuff as well. So. Yeah. That's good. I, I, you know, I don't. I wouldn't want to be like a, uh, a retro act. Right. I mean, I haven't really, you know, really done it uh, uh, on my own under my own steam. I mean, I, um, in in a sense, mm-hmm. if you see what I'm saying. I mean, the the big hits of yesteryear were with the big bands, right? And uh, of which I was a part. Um, but on my, uh, so it's important for me to try and do have my own body of work, which is why I've, I've tried to be fairly prolific and put stuff out all the time. And I, as I say, I had real good support. I mean, the, my only possible regret is that, you know, I, I don't come to the States very much. It's just too big. It's just too fast mm-hmm. to take it on, you know. Um, but I've, I've been over, with, you know, with Eric, as I said, and um, Ringo, I did the tour, and that, that's not—that's not a bad way to tour. Pretty nice place in life to be uh, to be asked by those folks, but uh, I, you know, beyond that, I am really happy that you're still putting out music and at the uh, the you know the um, the level that you're putting it out so over and over and over. Well, uh, yeah, I have no plans to stop yet. I, I, I just uh, spent quite a, a lot of money doing up my studio, so I, I need to keep going. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've been seeing a lot about your studio and everything. Did uh, while while we're on that subject, real quick, um, I don't know. Maybe this happened further back, but you had your equipment stolen. Was that a recent thing? Oh no, that must be. It's probably ten years ago now. Oh, okay. No, that was on the road. We had the truck stolen with all our with all our gear in it, but uh, it didn't stop us for long. We, we were back up on the road two or three days later. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's that's it's so. I mean, we hear about it all the time. Bands yeah. on the road getting their getting their equipment stolen. It's so rotten, you know. Well, when next time I, we we speak and you've got a bit more time, it, it's quite an interesting story because the the long the short story is I actually got it all back several months later. Really? Yeah, yeah. Just and someone uh, finding it. Would someone uh, see it? You know, on the web or something in a pawn shop or? It, it's even it's even more bizarre than that. I actually appeared on this uh, TV show in England called Crime Watch, and where they they sort of in, uh, highlight all these horrible crimes, murders, and, you know, robberies and all this stuff. And it was a Latin speaking of which, as a cop dog did, right? <laughs> I, um, so it was the last show of the series, and they wanted a nice, lightweight little thing to end it with. And... So they, they heard about me getting all my equipment stolen and they had me on the show and cut a long story short. They were investing, uh, investigating some other horrible crime and in the guy's house was one of the guitars that I'd lost. <laughs> and it led them to all this other, a whole lockup full of the whole back line, wow. which they didn't know what to do with. You know, they didn't know what they'd stolen, really. So this was months later. Anyway, <laughs> there you go. That's, that's some nice fate right there. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, when it all comes together. Well, Paul, it was so nice talking with you today. And, uh, 
and congratulations on Soul Shadows. And, and hopefully, you know, there will be some U.S. dates, if not a full tour. Then, you know, I don't mind doing a little traveling, you know, whatever it takes. Well, I'd love to, I'd love to come over there. Um, I don't know where I could play these days, but, um, you know, we have a real good band. I know for a fact that there's plenty of people that would make that trek. So you play anywhere and we'll be there, I assure you. Okay, man. Thank you. <laughs> Paul, thank you so much. Uh, have a great day. Okay. Thank right. you. Bye. Paul Carrick right there talking about his uh, 2017 album called Soul Shadows. And again, thanks to Chris Difford for the uh, the new interview and Squeeze's 45th anniversary tour coming up. Hey, before you get out of here, uh, don't forget, uh, please do hit that subscribe button if you enjoyed yourself. We put out interviews every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday over at Consequence of Sound. Would love to keep you up on board with all of those. And when you subscribe, uh, go ahead and uh, give the series a rating and, and leave a review if you can. After that, you can head over to WFPK.org, where I do a show every Monday through Thursday from noon to 3 Eastern. You can also find some bonus episodes of this series. You can find me at Twitter, at Kyle Meredith, and Facebook, slash Kyle Meredith. Consequenceofsound.net has your music and film news. I'm Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time. Consequence Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com.